1: Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L. J. Lafura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and this is a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing?
2: L. J. Doing good. Uh, we certainly have a, quite a few things we want to talk to you about today. Talk about uh, amongst ourselves. And uh, yeah, it was the Home Run Derby selection show tonight. Uh, That was certainly an interesting watch uh, because that is uh, how we're actually going to be choosing our longtime Fantasy Football League draft order. Uh, Whoever can uh, fill out the most correct Home Run Derby bracket gets first selection at picks, So, uh, yeah, it, w- it was cool today to see those last few names trickle in and then for all the matchups to get announced. So I'm excited, and there's 17 baseball games to talk about as well. So another action-packed day right prior to the All-Star break.
1: Yeah, so let's go ahead and run through this home run derby field. We're looking at eight – men this year to try to compete for this crown among the headliners here will of course be home run leader Shohei Otani of the Los Angeles Angels defending champion Pete Alonzo as well as Juan Soto of the Washington Nationals um those are those are three really good names to start this list off
2: yeah uh seeing Juan Soto do it uh, really made me happy, especially because he got announced as an all-star and uh, you know, a lot of people have been sleeping on him this year a little bit. Certainly he hasn't been putting up like the crazy Juan Soto stats, but he's still been really good. I can't wait to see a guy with like him, especially his swing, his approach, how that's going to translate in Colorado for a home run derby. So really excited about him. Shohei Ohtani, I mean, what else is there to say? Uh, He's just been absolutely incredible this year. And, you know, LJ, the one guy too, uh, Trevor Story, right? The hometown kid. So he's in it. Uh, Yeah, there's some interesting names and I'm sure you're going to get to the other ones.
1: Yeah, um, there's a couple other very, very interesting names here. But first, I do have to say, I mean Juan Soto is a great name for this. But can we we cannot understate the effect that Pete Alonso could have on this derby. I mean, this is a guy who, granted, is not like a super the superstar that everybody thought he immediately was going to be after his rookie season. He has taken a step back, still a very good player. But that said, he is still the same power threat that he was, and Odds are we discussed this a couple weeks ago. He's probably going to be the same, um, or I mean, not the same. Same power hitter, but with hopefully a different person pitching to him as the last one really screwed with him. In a couple of them, almost lost it, lost him the home run derby a couple of times. So he could really make some noise here with guys like Otani and Soto. The majority of people don't seem to be throwing him into the same mix of like headliners. Everyone's really talking about the Otani and Soto. I think it's kind of getting criminally swept under the rug here. But among those other names include Joey Gallo of the Texas Rangers, Trey Mancini of the Colorado Rockies, Matt Olson of the Oakland A's, hometown guy Trevor Story of, of course, the Colorado Rockies, and Salvador Perez of the Kansas City Royals. There are some real power threats in this group.
2: Yeah, uh, Joey Gallo. Uh, That's just awesome to see him in there. Um, certainly a guy who, you know, his brand is hitting bombs, and can't wait to see how that translates with Coors. Uh, A lot of good left-handed hitters in this. I mean, Juan Soto, Shohei Ohtani in there, Matt Olson, a great lefty in there, Uh, and right field is not that, I mean, it's deep in Colorado. I mean, it's a mammoth ballpark, crazy big outfield, but I think we're going to see some balls that are close to 500 feet with with some of these guys. I mean... Even a guy like Salvador Perez or Trey Mancini, those are guys who have hit home runs this year that are over 450 feet and that's in a, in a real game. so uh, it's you can't understate uh, I think that this is one of the strongest derby fields we've had and there might just be a bit of a recency bias, especially because we didn't have a derby in 2019, but I think this is a very strong a home run derby field
1: yeah it is um Joey Gallo and Salvador Perez will rake they will be you know if I had to put is there is the bracket out or no
2: yes uh so they had like a selection show on ESPN do you want to hear the matchup yes okay uh your number one seed Shohei Otani will be facing Juan Soto in the first round that's dumb Number four-seeded Salvador Perez will take on number five-seeded Pete Alonzo, and they play That's the awesome. winner of the Otani Soto matchup. Okay, and then on the bottom part of the bracket, we have Joey Gallo versus Trevor Story. Joey Gallo's the two-seed, Trevor Story the seven-seed. And they will play the winner of Matt Olson the three-seed, and Trey Mancini, the six-seed.
1: That might be the worst bracket I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like, going to be a nightmare to fill gonna... out
2: for for our a fantasy competition. Just an absolute nightmare. But
1: Brandon, the four best hitters in this in this thing are on one side of the bracket.
2: What's going on? Otani I mean, right. versus Soto in the first round is brutal. O-
1: O-ta- Otani, of course. Let's just go ahead and say Otani is the favorite to win this thing. I mean, he's been hitting bombs, um, even before he was hitting the amount of home runs he's has this year. Speaking of which, might as well mention it now in case we forget. He did pass um, Hideki Matsui for most home runs by a Japanese-born player of all uh, in a single season. So, props to him for that. He's certainly the favorite here. However, you've got Juan Soto, who's basically Mister Exit Velocity since he came into the league. Going up against each other in the first round, you got the defending champion next to him on the back bracket right after the easily best power hitting catcher in the game right now. How is that a fairly balanced? Like what were they using to determine the seating?
2: Honestly, I don't know because I didn't watch the, the bracket show that was on ESPN. So I can't tell you exactly what, but uh, yeah, that's, it's it's an interesting bracket i mean i really think that matt olson uh being the 3 seed like uh, i'm not sure if these seeds really mean much uh you know yeah, it just uh,
1: means the good guys get screwed over
2: yeah uh but with that being said uh i think he's got a lot of potential to win this he's 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 definitely my sleeper pick matt olson another lefty uh one side note here Juan Soto uh he's gonna have a hitting coach uh uh, I believe it's a Kevin Long for the Washington Nationals pitch to him well Kevin Long throws left-handed so he's gonna give himself a left-on-left matchup in the home run derby which I can't say I've ever seen someone do, but, uh, hey, I mean, if that's the guy who you're used to throwing you BP, uh, absolutely uh, go for it. But, LJ, I don't think we can overstate how important it is that you have someone good throwing to you.
1: Oh, yeah, again, we I, I kind of alluded to it earlier. It, we both agreed it almost ruined Pete Alonso's run. I mean, this yeah. is a guy who – what was it? Was it, he got over fifty his rookie year, right?
2: Yeah, he's. I believe he got like fifty three, and that set the uh, rookie record.
1: Yeah, so this is a guy who can hit flat out hit home runs, and yet you're um, you're almost gonna lose the derby on like three separate occasions because the guy could not put it in a good spot if you keep getting it in on a guy's hands it's just a recipe for disaster
2: yeah and especially if you have a guy who uh you know when it's like the final minute that's and you're down by i don't know two or three home runs in that final minute it's stressful i mean you gotta throw strikes in there at a good pace you gotta keep keep it going so uh that's certainly something to look out for but
1: um, yes. Also, Brandon, I did just pull it up. This season, Juan Soto is slugging better against lefties.
2: Okay, then. By, well, by, about, uh, by
1: about 73 points.
2: Well, if there was a guy that was going to have good reverse splits, uh, I guess Juan Soto would be that guy. So, uh, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, but um,
1: Can we take a minute to talk about Trevor's story here? Sure. Because this just, again, screams the fakeness and ridiculousness of the MLB. Because I guarantee you, they heavily pushed Trevor Story being in this one. Don't get me wrong, I really do love having somebody from the home team be in it. I really think that somebody from the home team should be in it every single year. However, is Trevor Story really the guy you want here
2: absolutely yes absolutely yes and i'm gonna tell you why
1: no 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 no, no, don't you're not gonna cut me off here that's what's not gonna happen this guy 11 home runs last year through 59 games he's now got 20 more games than last year or close to with the same amount this is now three straight years or sorry one two three four straight years where his slugging percentage has decreased in colorado in colorado mind you so, I mean, this This guy is not the same power hitter he was at 24-25. And, again, I know he's going into free agency next year. I know he's going to be a topic at the deadline. And you want to market a guy like this. But, I mean, I don't know. Part of me just would rather see Ryan McMahon. I think he might have been underplayed here.
2: No, uh, Trevor story is the pick if you're going to pick a Rocky people know Trevor's story uh and look he's been incredibly unlucky this year uh if you go on onto a baseball savant and you hover over statistics you can click on some just the home run leaderboard and there's a thing called expected home runs which is uh, based on like the ballpark that you were in when you hit the ball you know how many how many balls did you hit that are out at X amount of parks, etc.? Trevor story has been the most unlucky player in the league. When it comes to home runs this year, he actually has 11 home runs. His expected home run is 18.7. So that's a minus eight uh, change in actual to expected home runs. Uh, and it's he's hitting balls that should be going out, but because he's playing in Colorado in other um, stadiums that are very big, he's just been getting unlucky and he's expected to be one of the best power hitters in the league this year. Uh, according to this, he's still hitting the ball hard. You kind of, I mean, it, it makes sense to have a hometown pick in there and, to be honest, like in the home run derby, I I think looking back, we would much rather be like, oh yeah, Trevor Story, like that guy was a multiple time all-star. He was really good. Uh he signed a huge free agent contract after this with the New York Yankees and free agency. Uh, and you know really that, not calling
1: your shot the there. Are you?
2: Down, you would you would much rather see that than um ryan mcmahon who may not turn out to be anything like it makes sense certainly i think if you didn't want to go with the hometown pick there was other guys who you could have uh, extended the invite to but also we have to re- remember that some guys would also like to have an actual all-star break i mean if you're in the home run derby and the all-star game if you're juan soto you're not getting much of a break you know, I mean, you're still very busy. You're competing in the home run derby. You're competing in the all-star game. And then by the time you blink, it's like, all right, it's all over. now we got to get back to playing 26 times a month. So uh, yeah, there's some guys who would just say like, you know, I'd rather not fly out to Colorado. I would rather just take a couple days to myself and kind of regroup. It's the point of the all-star break.
1: Um, I'm going to, provide one minor counterpoint and then bring up another thing that I think might actually be an intriguing idea Um, we're pretty much safely assuming that Trevor Story will not be there next year whether he's traded or goes out in free agency is a completely different story Charlie Blackman is a ghost of his former self so if Trevor Story leaves now You've got no Nolan Arenado. Who exactly is the face of this franchise? Like if you had, I don't think Herman Marquez is going to establish himself as the guy that people think about nationally when you think about the Colorado Rockies. So this could have also been a good opportunity to keep that market alive after the next year is gone. I just think that the overall, the Trevor Story pick could end up when all is said and done looking at like another kind of blatant move by the league, which I feel like we've been seeing more and more of blatant marketing moves, but that also might be because I'm paying attention more. But why doesn't the MLB have a skills competition? I mean, that would be they cool. Never, they don't, because I was just looking at it. I'm over here on the fan graphs uh, roster for Colorado. And I noticed that they're, one through three guys, Ramel Tapia, Garrett Hampson, and Trevor Story, all have 10-plus, actually 12-plus stolen bases this season. I'm like, that's a uh, pretty nice group to have at the top of your lineup. But, like, you could do some pretty interesting things there. Maybe make it, like, earlier in the day on Derby Day. And, like, of course, that at that time, it's only going to be, like, real baseball fans that are going to watch it. It's only real baseball fans that watch it, anyways. I mean, you look at the and you look at the NBA All Star break, and um, excuse me, <laughs> you look at them, and you've got the skills competition, you got the three point competition, you got the dunk competition. There's a, another one I'm forgetting in there, but no oh, one really
2: the um three point dunk. The skills competition where like they have to weave in yeah is that is that all they have oh like yeah i think so yeah i think that's like a staple correct
1: me correct me if i'm wrong because i haven't watched the all-star game in a couple years or any of that really since um no two years because after the dunk um, taco and d wade screwed up the voting i oh uh,
2: yeah
1: what do you call it um stopped watching after that Um, but didn't they move the three-point competition back to the last spot because all the kids love three-pointers these days?
2: Simpler communications. Well, the way that well no it no, it wasn't because of that. Nope. It was because they had to operate it in the under pandemic circumstances. So they were like, All right, let's just put the dunk contest at halftime of the all star game and we'll put the three point competition right before the all star game. Uh
1: oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. Um Yeah,
2: it was you know- just uh yeah it was it was it, it it was weird because of the pandemic but I mean if they want to keep that concept I, I think it would be interesting I think the MLB should also think about you know I I know that the home run derby's always been the day prior to the all-star game what if they had the home run derby at like noon on like all-star game day like or like in or like in the afternoon like a three o'clock start if the if the all-star game starts at eight Like, I feel like that would be really fun, and it would be certainly tough for the guys who are in both the Home Run Derby and the game, but it would be a really fun day to be at.
1: Yeah, for, for the traditional baseball fan, yes. However, not only do you lose a night of television by doing that, which the league would never go for, but the Home Run Derby itself has created its own kind of persona of like it's the home run derby people watch it so you're then putting it midday which becomes often even on even on a weekend less flexible than an evening slot i don't know you're going to get the same um viewership as you would in that seven eight o'clock spot but i could just picture it because overall like i'm sure that less people watch the skills competition then they do the three point in the dunk like more people get on as the evening progresses for the nba
2: oh absolutely
0: yeah
1: yeah so so you could put a skills competition earlier on and it wouldn't necessarily hurt you to have it and just have whoever wants to watch watch it because you could do a lot of different cool things in there um of course stealing from first you know just get like a a uh, pitcher i mean not not an actual like pitcher pitcher but like a bullpen somebody to somebody that would throw whatever you know you get on meaning and have them steal off them from first to second in the catcher um you could do that you could score them on fielding like get them at their position and just hit a bunch of balls at them and how many they can get in x amount of time
2: yeah i mean there's I mean, a fun. lot i lot feel stuff. like
1: there's a lot you could do
2: yeah yeah you know you you could have like uh, I mean, I attended a perfect game collegiate baseball league. You remember that, of course they um they they do their all star game and skills competition all in one day, and they had like a prospects game in the morning, and then they did skills competition where they had like a sixty yard dash. They had outfielders throw the ball from from center field like. Who could be the most accurate from the the furthest away? Uh, they did a home run derby, a run the bases competition. I know what I'd like to see: do it like old school. Have two guys start at home plate. One runs one way around the field, the other runs the other way around the field. First to get back wins. Like that, that would be fun. Mm. I don't
1: know.
2: There's a lot of possibilities you could do something like that, but they also have like that celebrity softball game that they do every year too like there's a lot of stuff that goes on and the draft is during all-star weekend i mean i can't imagine being an mlb a gm and working those hours to start especially now at this time of the year when the trade deadline is approaching an all-star break like it's not a break for the gms whatsoever this is like like they're probably working more during the all-star break than most points of the year
1: no especially with the um draft restrict trade restriction coming off i believe that's the next week the week right after the all-star break that restriction comes off and you can start trading last year's draft picks so it is a very busy time the skills competition that nobody wanted drawing walks
2: yeah how would they how could you even right. do that you just like have no no, a- no.
1: You have a guy get in the box, and you get fifty points for um fifty points for a walk. Negative fifty points for a strikeout. Negative twenty points for a hit.
2: So you just have, and to so chin,
1: you just have to foul off. Once you get to two strikes, you have to foul off pitches until you see a until you see enough balls.
2: So like you, you would have rather have a guy who's like not a great contact hitter, so that way he can't square it up and just keeps fouling it off so that way he can: Or such a good all,
1: or, or such a good contact hitter that he can intentionally not square it up and intend to get on top of it.
2: I true. mean, I feel like there's some of those guys that actually can do that. It's almost like an offer with some of those guys can do. Like just like take an inside pitch and put it that uh, into the opposite field. Like just so intentionally doing that. I mean, it's not, you don't see it much anymore, but if you ever go and watch a guy like Tony Gwynn hit, I mean, he just put the ball literally exactly where he wanted to. And it was just so in control. I mean, when you, when you talk about guys that could, handle the bat and make contact with the ball i mean he is absolutely number one in that but uh yeah we Wait have a minute yeah go ahead
1: well in, in all seriousness like you know how guys like can really struggle after the home run derby because they uh like are are swinging differently to hit that many home runs yeah what if you had a guy lose the batting title in the second half of the season because he went into the skills competition for drawing walks and now couldn't square the ball up again?
2: Yeah, or absolutely
1: just destroys a guy's career.
2: Yeah, that would be actually like as a manager that would be a rough conversation to be having with him. It's like, "Really, man, you had to go and do that and just show that you can draw walks?" <laughs> I don't know. That would be
1: just, just a reminder. You're not supposed to go up towards the catcher. You're supposed to go out towards the fence,
2: <laughs> but okay, right. so we, got, we, had, we do
1: have games today. Contrary to the rest of the beginning of this podcast, right?
2: We have 17 games that we want to talk about. Uh, and I will start with the Brewers and Mets playing a double header. And it's Luis Urias homering in the top of the first off of Jacob deGrom, and that gives uh, the the Brew Crew a 1-0 lead, his 11th homer on the year. Francisco Lindor ties it up with an RBI single in the bottom of the first. Jace Peterson homers in the fourth off of Jacob deGrom to make it 2-1 Brewers, but Jose Peraza ties it in the bottom of the seventh inning Very clutch home run for him with one out in the bottom of the seventh to tie it back up. We get Manfred Ball in the top of the eighth, and Christian Yelich gets hit by a pitch, and that will drive home a run in the bottom of the eighth. Jeff McNeil comes through with a two-RBI single to walk it off and win the game. Uh, the Mets escape with a four to three victory in eight innings in Game One. Edwin Diaz with the win. The loss goes to Brent Suter. Jacob DeGrom got the start, seven innings, two earned runs, ten Ks. He faced off against Corbin Burns. What a just what a great matchup for a a, a Game One of a doubleheader. Corbin Burns versus Jacob DeGrom. Corbin Burns five and two third, one earned ks I guess the story here, Jacob Degrom, LJ. He's he's human. He's he now has a 1.08 ERA, really slacking. You know, he certainly he's can't sliding. Yeah, you know the slide he's is spiraling
1: real. out of control.
2: Just out of control. I mean a 1.08 ERA now. Just, I mean that is double what it was a couple starts ago. I mean what has gotten into this guy? He's got double the ERA. He's allowing two home runs today. I mean, what's, what is, what is wrong with this guy? But yeah,
1: the fact fact that we're talking about him giving up, what was it? Three runs, two Two runs, runs. two runs, two runs. And it's going up like a 10th of a point. It's, I mean, he,
2: he would have pitched a complete game loss had, had uh, Jeff, McNeil, or not not Jeff McNeil, uh, who hit that home run. Jose Peraza, had he not hit that clutch home run in the bottom of the seventh, he would have gotten a complete game loss. So thanks to him, saves to Grom's start, gets a no decision, and the Mets walk away with the win in game one. Game two, Manny Pina starts it off with a homer in the top of the second for Milwaukee. To go up 2 0. Willie Adamas homers in the sixth. Luis Urias homers in the seventh. The the Brewers route the Mets 5 0. Mets offense can't get anything going and they split the doubleheader. The win goes to who is this guy? Jake Cousins out of the Milwaukee Brewers bullpen. Brett Anderson, four innings, three hits, no earned, and 1K. He got the start. The loss to Robert Stock, four innings, two earned, five Ks for the Mets as uh, they split the doubleheader. Also, should be noted that that uh, that Jacob Degrom announced he will not be pitching in the All Star game. Uh, you know he cited that he's had quite a few injuries this year and would certainly not want to do anything in the All Star game that could hamper the rest of the season as the Mets are fighting for a pennant spot Uh, and yeah I mean certainly that's a very respectable choice
1: yeah have they named anybody who's replacing him not
2: yet but that's certainly something we're going to have to track this week because there's I have a feeling there's going to be quite a few guys that end up getting into the game as replacements because there's always guys who can't pitch there's always hitters who aren't going to be even on the roster like someone's going to have to replace Mike Trout on the roster because he, he's not even suiting mm-hmm. up for an MLB game until after the all-star break. But I don't even know if it's going to be that first series after the all-star break. So someone's going to have to who do you, replace him. Uh, yeah. Who do you want? Uh, You know, I, I'm still on the Mark Canna train. Uh, look, I mean, the guy has more war than Aaron judge and, it's just so slept on. I mean, especially for how good Oakland's been this year, you would think they would be promoting, you know, Canna, Olsen, Chapman a little bit more. And they just don't. I mean, it's just such a small market. I feel like they get the short end of the stick all the time from the uh, national media, the MLB. I mean, I feel like Oakland rarely gets talked about in really any situation. Like, if I feel like the... Casual baseball fan could probably not even name guys on these Oakland teams yet they've been one of the most successful franchises over the past five seasons. It's just, it's just how it is.
1: Um, yeah, I can understand it though, because what is that, what is that line from Moneyball? It's towards the end. Um, the one, the one who breaks down the wall is the one who, first is the one who gets hurt the most. Mm. And that was really Oakland with the whole budget baseball idea. And for so many people in that early 2000s, mid 2000s, really through the entire 2010s, that scared the majority of baseball. I mean, no one wanted to try that. Everyone was worried that their jobs would become obsolete or they'd have to change. And so there was quite a bit of ill will towards that method. So it's much easier for the the game as a whole, be it media, be it the league, anyone really, to shut them down, quiet them, silence them over other teams. Again, that, that's how the Rays can get away with it. That's how Pittsburgh can get away with it. So – Again, I think they are, are always kind of going to get the short end of the stick because it's just been their consistent coverage narrative of being a small market that does does not get inter, uh, get national love. Like there are there are small markets that have gotten national love when their teams are good, but never Oakland. Like it almost doesn't. Am I crazy for saying it could possibly be kind of either if it's not purposeful now um excess from when it was at one point pers- purposeful
2: no i mean look oakland is in in other sports a big market i mean even you could argue oh boy this 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 could be a hot take
1: are you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're. I think I know where you were about to you go. You could here. argue
2: that San Francisco, which is basically Oakland, right? I'm gonna say that San because the two. I mean, they're so close to each other, right there on the bay. You could argue that San Francisco is a large baseball market, and the team that plays in a stadium literally like across the street from them is the third smallest market in the league. Yet they, yet their stadiums are essentially across the street from, from, a, from a one another one is one of the largest baseball markets. The other is one of the smallest baseball markets, how that's possible. It's only something that the MLB could, could, uh, could manage to do. So, you know, that's besides.
1: Again, it turns back to the whole fact that the, the league administration itself is a joke and a mess and doesn't see doesn't feel like it's getting better if it, anything it is getting worse but to be fair in their defense i mean san francisco is the nice version of oakland in the same way that a brown paper bag full of dog poop is nicer than a brown paper bag full of dog poop set on fire um what about de was more what i was asking though.
2: <laughs> oh who could replace jacob de uh you know, there was certainly a lot of talk about Taiwan Walker not making it, uh, and I got to watch him pitch against the Yankees the other day. He's a very good pitcher. Uh, you know, Taiwan Walker, m- maybe Sandy Alcantara. Uh, there's a couple names that I think could 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 have reasonably get in for NL pitchers. Oh, uh Freddie Peralta, maybe. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good names. I mean, to think that had Trevor Bauer been, uh, been you know, not uh in the situation he's in right now, to try to fit him into that All Star game, uh, roster, and potentially not having a guy like you Darvish on there would just be, you know, there would be a lot of snubs at that point. But yeah, uh, interested to see who's gonna replace uh, them.
1: Yeah, I originally the first guy that popped into my head was Freddie Peralta. I think Sandy Alcantara would be a more interesting name, but am I going crazy? There was no other. Uh, I could very well be going crazy. There, there was no other Met selected at this game, right?
2: Just Jacob Degrom. Yeah, pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, so it makes sense to go with Taiwan Walker. Like, if the guy is gonna, if the guy is going to step out, and he was the only guy from that team you shouldn't have to replace him with a guy from that team however if it's a close if it's a close option like if it can be justified why not
2: yeah exactly and it's not like it's the fans that choose this one it's up to the 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 coaching staff so they could certainly go in a myriad of directions
1: all right I believe I am next with the Red Sox and the Angels. This one went back and forth a little bit early as we get into the bottom of the fifth with a 2-2 tie. And the man of my nightmares is back, Brandon. I don't like it. Oh, sit here. Thanks. Hey, I saw you give up your seat for the woman with the oxygen tank. Another way to show her your good side? Donate at Griffles Plasma because she also relies on plasma based medicines. Next stop, Find a plasma. center at grifflesplasma.com. You can receive up to $800 this month. Shopify presents cool sheets from AHA to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed heat induced insomnia. That was my AHA moment sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bedsheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. Shohei Ohtani goes yard for a solo shot, his 32nd of the year. I'm start, I, The flashbacks begin. Jared Walsh then hits his 21st of the year to make it 4-2 L.A., and the flashbacks worsen. They do get one run back in the sixth after Christian Arroyo hits a RBI single to make this a 4-3 game. But then later in the bottom of the seventh, a Jared Walsh home run, his second of the game. Re extends this to a two run lead. Xander Bogarts does hit an RBI double in the top of the eighth, but that will do it here. The Angels win this one five to four. Give the win to Andrew Heaney five and a third, allowing three earned and five strikeouts. The loss goes to Eduardo Rodriguez five innings, nine hits, four earned, five strikeouts. The save goes to Rafael Iglesias, his 18th of the year. Brandon, I could be going completely crazy. I have not checked this before. I'm saying it. But if I'm – this is the only – this is, I believe, the third time that I can think of that the Red Sox have lost back-to-back games this year. Is there another one that jumps out? Oh, fourth. Sorry, forgot about the Houston series.
2: Let's see. I'm trying to think. So, did you lose that second day of the year to – the Orioles, your no, second game of the year?
1: We lost the first series. We got swept. Okay. So
2: there's, so there's one.
1: Back to back to Oakland. We lost back to back to Houston twice. What, about, we lost. what about the Toronto
2: so series when they scored like 20 runs?
1: No, we, we won that series. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was just that one game.
2: <laughs> oh. Um, I wish that I could say that about the Yankees, but I could mention every time we lost back-to-back, we would be here quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> I think for most teams, we would be here quite a bit. That's pretty amazing. Uh, but
1: like That's all I can remember. I, I can't remember if we lost back-to-back to in Kansas City, but still, six is a very respectable number. Out of how many losses?
2: 34.
1: Yeah, so six game six lot six out of thirty-four times. That's
2: LJ, can I talk about the LA Angels real quick? Two games Absolutely. over 500, eight and two in their last ten. And uh look, I mean, playing a little bit hot. I mean, this is certainly a team that if they get Mike Trout back, you have to imagine. Is only going to get better. It's nice. Brandon,
1: yes. don't do this to yourself. They did this literally two and a half weeks ago, and we all got excited that, hey, maybe they're actually pretty good. Maybe if yep, they but- get Mike Trout back, they can make a run at the postseason. And then they proceeded to completely blow those expectations completely away. Over the span of the week before last. I know they're eight and two in their last ten. I just I d I don't think I don't think there's much of
2: fifteen a shot. and eleven in their pa- in the past month. That's one of the best marks in the league. I don't know, man. And,
1: and and you have to you have to play the now best team in the American League, as well as the team you're trying to beat out for that wild card spot the major a large chunk of the year like yeah, i mean two, there's two gigantic pieces of competition ahead of them
2: well I, i'm
1: uh, I, i'm out i'm out on la
2: i'm not saying i'm out but uh you can write it, that down it's it's certainly a an uphill battle but i will be rooting for them because if shohei Otani and mike trout put this team on their back and of course, Tony Rendon. I mean, like it sounds stupid. Hey, though. Tony! No, it just sounds stupid. We have all of these guys who are like perennial all stars. Anthony Rendon, like people, before. you can make the argument like he's a sneaky best third baseman in the league. Like people have mm. made that argument before. Like I'm not mm. saying it's a good argument. He's at least a top five third baseman. And when he, when he, uh, I don't know what's what's happening this year, but in the past, absolutely. Mike Trout, the one of the greatest baseball players of, all, of our time uh, and is, has been the best player in the league for the last 10 years. Shohei Ohtani, potentially the greatest baseball player of all time, as some say, just overall talent-wise. And then you throw a guy like Jared Walsh, who's also an all-star in there, and this team still just is just... Cannot
1: pitch. Do you really but, think he's got a decent? Do, do you really put him in your top five? Again, we're gonna do this at some point in the year, but.
2: Yeah, I have to. I I, I don't think I can't not with his past stats. I mean, he. Like his, it, if you look at twenty fourteen on, other than twenty fifteen where he played half a year, every single full season has been incredible and except and then his 2020 he finished 10th in mvp voting like he he averages 5.1 war per year over 162 game span and i'll be quick because i know we have to do other games but if you're averaging five war per 162 games i find it hard to not make you top five at your position and that is a very stacked third base, but just off the top of my head, I mean the the guys that I would have ahead of him maybe, Rafi Devers, Manny Machado, um, and I'm not putting I'm not putting Matt Chapman. I don't know. If, all right, I guess Nolan Arenados. There's three jose ramirez i guess oh i I knew i forgot about a couple people okay and then anthony rendon five i mean it's very stacked but Uh, i I think you're missing a couple names there i think you have to make a case for anthony rendon 30 30 war in nine years is also not a joke either so
1: oh i know i'm just and again i'm trying i'm trying as hard as i can to not let this year affect me but just based on eye test alone or just blankly going through through standings, I don't think I can put him above four in the American League. Oh oh, oh my. And I think that's partially me favoring Chapman on a regular year. Because if you're if you're discounting Rendon's 2021, you you can't discount Chapman. Give me Rafi, give me Ramirez. Give me Bregman. Give me Chapman.
2: Oh, I forgot about Bregman.
1: Over Rendon. And that's just in the American League.
2: I forgot about Bregman. I'm not – I don't know if I can put Chapman there because Chapman has never hit for a good batting average. Like, he has consistently not been a good contact hitter. He gets carried by – like, all of his award his, his, uh, numbers – Certainly great, but he gets he gets carried by his his, his defense.
1: So, okay, then let's not put him in there. Let's throw Nolan Arenado in there. Give me Chris Bryant. Yeah, Chris
0: Bryant.
1: Yeah. Manny Machado has to be in that conversation as well.
2: Oh yeah, no, I put. Uh, oh,
1: I I, I, I know. Machado. I'm just saying those names. I think I could I could see myself edging Tony out on.
2: Maybe Justin Turner. I don't think I'm putting mm-hmm. Justin well Stewart.
1: again. And again, if we're looking at potential, I think uh Austin Riley also has to be put in that mix. If we're looking based on potential, he could, he could, we could be talking about that a year or two from now.
2: We could. Well, the Nats and Padres played a very high scoring game, uh, and the Nats scored 10 runs in the first four innings. They get a Juan Soto three-run homer in the first, Josh Bell and Starlin Castro RBI singles in the second, a Victor Robles RBI double in the third, and a Josh Harrison single in the fourth, take a 10-0 lead. Uh, They would cruise to a 15-5 victory. Uh, For the Padres, they get their runs on Eric Hosmer and Trent Grisham home runs. But the Nats collect 17 hits, 15 runs. Patrick Corbin, six innings, seven hits, two earned, and three Ks. He gets the win. Chris Paddock takes the loss. Two innings, nine hits, eight earned, uh, two strikeouts. Not a great start uh, for him.
1: All right. Next up, we have a very exciting doubleheader between the Tampa Bay Rays and the Cleveland Indians as one of Tampa's top prospects and one of the top prospects in baseball. Vidal Brujan made his MLB debut. Brandon, he scores an RBI single in the bottom of the first. Of course, that makes it his first major league hit. Brings in an RBI. Kevin Kiermeyer ends up scoring him later in this inning, and it's a 3 0 ball game before you blink. Framiel Reyes does go yard. However, this would not stop Kevin Kiermeyer, Brandon Lau, and Brett Phillips from all going yard later in this game to beat the Indians 8 to 1. Give the win to Fozzie Bear, Michael Waka. Six innings, one earned, six strikeouts. The loss will go to Francisco Mejia, two and two-thirds, allowing six earned and two strikeouts. Over in game two of this one, we get a little more of this same result as Taylor Walls drives in two runs here, and then Yandy Diaz drives in two more with an RBI single in the bottom of the fifth. The Rays blank and no hit. The Indians completely forgot about that, sorry. Um, here with a 4 nothing win in what was pretty much a bullpen game. Josh Flemings gets the win with two and two-thirds of an inning under his belt. Colin McHugh did start this one, went two innings with three strikeouts. The loss goes to Sam Henches, four and a third, allowing five hits, four earned, and three strikeouts. Uh, the Indians get no hit again without their own no-hitter.
2: Well, How did? All right. So this this counts as a no hitter, though. This no. I'm counting. I this.
1: mean, on, on our show, yes. Uh,
2: I I'm absolutely counting this. Uh, I did not hear a single thing about this until right now. Really? Not as like I may. Well, have been talking about it on a, earlier. Okay. Well, I may have been a bit out of touch with the league tonight. I had the Yankee game on in the background. I I didn't have the commentary on. But I feel like I didn't get an alert on like my MLB app on my phone. Anything about this. I mean, props to the five pitchers that that get this done. Colin McHugh, Josh Fleming, Diego Castillo, Matt Whistler, and Pete Fairbanks. Uh yeah, props to you guys for throwing a no-hitter. Indians have now been no hit three times and in- in this season and lj i believe they also have the longest gap in between no hitters correct in the league was it that one i was that the stat and they also have one of the longest world series droughts for teams to have won a world series i think they have the longest drought also
1: that it's just it's starting to get funny like They've yeah, this is their third time they've been no hit this year, I believe.
2: Yeah, like it's it's
1: like it's like they want to be the most recent team to get no hit and the least recent team to get no hitter.
2: And to cap it off, the Indians now lost nine in a row and have fallen all the way back to forty-two and forty-two.
1: They is it safe still... to say we did this,
2: LJ? Had they even played like? 500 ball over these last ten games, they would only be like four out of the White Sox. Like this, could be this would have been like, oh, like if the Indians get Shane Bieber and Aaron Savalli back, like they're gonna be able to pitch again. Nope, nope. and it's
1: all because we took Tito last week.
2: Yeah, it's because we picked Terry Francona for the Hall of Fame pick. Well, the was- Braves and the Pirates, uh, they certainly showed up well. One team showed up to play today. Uh, <laughs> the,
1: team, the team that hasn't shown up the last two days, but we're well, not going you know, to talk about that.
2: Be fair, to be fair, Pittsburgh was there at the start of the game. I can say that their players were on the field as uh, Jacob Stallings, homers to make it a three-to-one lead in the bottom of the first until it all is downhill from there. Ronald Acuna Jr. hits his 24th homer of the year make it three to two uh, the Braves still trailing in the sixth they take the lead on an Abraham Almonte two run single Austin Riley with a bases loaded walk and then Orlando Arcia singles to make it a seven to three Atlanta lead they certainly were not done here uh, so they score five runs in the sixth they put up seven runs in the eighth inning they get RBI doubles from Ender Inciarte and Dansby Swanson. Jonathan Lucroy comes through with an RBI single. Abraham Almonte, homers, and Ariadrians doubles. The Braves win 14-3. to They collect 18 hits in the win. Pirates also have 14 hits, uh, but they only score those three runs that they get in the first inning. The win to Drew Smiley, five innings, three earned, four Ks. The loss goes to Kyle Crick. Uh, He goes .1 of an inning out of the bullpen, two hits, four earned runs, and two walks.
1: Well, next up, we have the Chicago White Sox and the Minnesota Twins. This one starts with a Lurie Garcia home run, his third of the year. This one for two runs and puts them up the Chicago White Sox, not them, up to 2-0 Chicago Trevor Larnick makes this a one-run game in the fourth with his seventh home run of the season. From there, Tim Anderson drives in a run with a double. Luis Garcia brings another in with a triple. Jacob Berger brings another one in with a double. And then Brian Goodwin score, drives in the last run of the game as Chicago wins this one on paper cuts, <laughs> six to one. Give the win to Lance Lynn thrown a great game here. Six innings, four hits, one earned, six strikeouts. The loss will go to Michael Pintar Pineda, five and a third, 12 hits, five earned, and four strikeouts. No, he will never live that down. It was one of the most impressionable parts of my childhood.
2: Well, Dodgers and Marlins, Miami had taken the first two games out of this four-game set, and Uh, they just the start of this game, which was on, uh, ESPN, I had on in the background for a little, just so many solo home runs as Garrett Cooper goes deep bottom one to give Miami a one nothing lead. Jesus Sanchez hits his third of the year in the bottom of the second. That gives the Marlins a two nothing lead. The Dodgers hit three home runs in the third inning solo shots from AJ Pollock and Mookie Betts, and then Justin Turner with a three-run bomb to give the Dodgers a 5-2 lead. However, that is just about all the offense L.A. would get tonight as Jesus Aguilar hits a double to uh, cut the lead down to two at 5-3. Jez Chisholm grounds out, which scores a run. And then in the sixth, Garrett Cooper hits his second home run of the night to uh, tie the game at Five after six innings bottom eight jesus sanchez comes through with an rbi single to take the lead for miami at six to five top nine they bring on their closer anthony bender who has been nothing short of exceptional this year only allowing i believe one earned run in 26 innings of work heading into this he allows a well, uh, I'm not sure. It was a Zach McKinstry solo home run to tie the game in the ninth. We go to the bottom of the ninth. The Marlins are certainly do not want to lose this game. Jesus Aguilar steps up and says, Let's go home. Three run walk off home run as the
0: Marlins.
2: Uh, beat the Dodgers for the third game in a row. They have a chance to complete the sweep, the four-game sweep, today at noon. Uh, and they win this one 9-6. to six. Anthony Bender with the win uh, behind a Ross Detweiler. Not a good start. Two and two-thirds, five earned, uh, and allows three home runs. The loss goes to Edwin Useta out of the Dodgers bullpen. Uh, the uh, Dodgers just kind of went with a, a bullpen game today. But LJ, how about the Marlins with a chance to complete a four-game sweep over the Dodgers who came into this series, you could argue
1: hotter than any team in the league? This just makes you feel good, Brandon, because it wasn't this exactly what we were talking about before the season started. This team was not going to make the playoffs again. They are we're not nearly ready for what they got last year. It was a gift. However, they're going to play upset all year, and it's going to be fun to watch. And this just plays more into that theory.
2: Yeah, on Small Talk Smackdown, I certainly mentioned that, hey, you know, you got the first two games of the Dodgers series. Let's see what you can keep doing. And uh, yeah, good for Miami. They're back to a positive run on differential. Still the best run on differential in the national league east and uh tied with the oakland athletics for in that stat also so uh yeah just just an interesting stat always uh with the marlins and if there's one team that certainly is their their actual team strength is not in 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 indicative excuse me of their run on differential it's the marlins but it is what it is.
1: All right. Well, next up, we have the Tigers and the Rangers. The Tigers do strike first. However, a Joey Gallo home run 22nd of the year ties it up in the bottom of the second. In the bottom of the fourth, Heimer Candelario will put Detroit ahead again. We'll need to have that brought back by another Joey Gallo home run. We are now at a bingo and a bango. The Detroit Tigers will then rally here in the top of the seventh. They score three runs to give themselves a commanding 5-2 to lead. And Joey Gallo steps back up to the plate in the bottom of the eighth. Brandon, he has a chance for a bingo, bango, Yahtzee, Supreme. He walks on four straight pitches to drive in Brock Holt. His third RBI of the game. It's not a home run, but it at least does something. Unfortunately, the Rangers will still lose this one to the Detroit Tigers, 5-3. to Give the win to Adrian Funkhauser out of the bullpen. Casey Mize started this one. Four innings, four hits, two earned, two strikeouts. The loss goes to Kyle Gibson. Six and a third, eight hits, five earned, seven strikeouts. The save will go to Gregory Soto.
2: All-Star Gregory Soto,
1: yes, sir. Oh, home run, home run, der- home run derby hopeful, Joey Gallo.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Cubs and the Phillies uh, meet up once again. The Cubs score five in the first two innings. They get four RBI singles and then an Anthony Rizzo RBI triple. Top six, Bryce Harper with an RBI double to put the Phillies on the board. Andrew McCutcheon goes deep to make it a five to three game. Uh, but they would they were unable to complete the comeback. Patrick Wisdom puts it out of hand with an RBI double in the sixth. The Cubs win eight to three. Give the win to Alec Mills five and two- thirds, three earned in 5 Ks. Zach Wheeler with a uncharacteristic loss uh so far this year. Five and two thirds, uh four earned runs, six K's. He allowed seven total runs, but only four were earned. There was an error there in the first inning. So none of those first inning runs uh were earned for him. But the Cubs break a very bad losing streak. Uh if you remember just a couple of weeks it was well uh, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, excuse me, Cubs throw a combined no-hitter. Since that point, they had not won a game. They had lost, I believe, 11 in a row heading into this one. And they finally win a game uh, to try to salvage whatever is left of the season. I think them them going on that, that big of a losing streak uh, – put the nail in the coffin that they're selling, so there's no yeah. point for them to try to compete with this roster right now, especially... I mean, look, they could try, but I just don't think that that starting pitching of Jake Arrieta, Alec Mills, Kyle Hendricks is very strong in my opinion. I don't know. I feel like you could go in a lot better options than Jake Arrieta is your two, but it's just just a thought
1: well especially considering um jake area went on the il today
2: oh so even better so now they get like, like a triple a guy or someone in there or 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 it can be another bullpen game for the already overused uh three high, high leverage
1: guys so yeah that's okay yeah it's okay all right who we got next brandon
2: reds and royals
1: the Reds and the Royals. What an exciting game here between the Reds and the Royals. The Royals started this game with two runs in the bottom of the fourth. This came off of a Jorge Soler RBI force out and a Michael A. Taylor single, make it 2-0. Mike Freeman and Jonathan India then drove in three runs in the seventh, which freed up Shogo Akiyama to drive in a run in the eighth and Tyler Naquin with one in the ninth. The Reds beat the Royals 5-2. Give the win to Sonny Gray. Seven innings, seven hits, two earned, seven strikeouts. The loss will go to Scott Barlow, who pitched the seventh inning, giving up two earned runs during that stretch. The save goes to Heath Hembry, his fourth of the year.
2: The Rockies and the Diamondbacks faced off. Arizona gets things going, scoring three in the bottom of the second nick ahmed with an rbi single followed by a dalton varsho rbi single and then pitchers who rate humberto castellanos with a sacrifice fly to make it three to nothing elias diaz who lj i think we missed i believe this guy won player of the week a couple of weeks ago elias diaz did Uh, was swinging an extremely hot bat. Well, let me see if I can find this here. I don't know if they show it on their, their baseball reference, and they don't. Uh, but Elias Diaz goes deep uh, to put Colorado on the board to trail by two in the seventh. But Eduardo Escobar, the, the lone all-star for the Diamondbacks this year, he hits a three-run bomb in the seventh. To make it six to one, Arizona. They go on to win six to four. Colorado scores some runs in the eighth, but it's not enough. Give the win to Matt Peacock, three innings in relief for Arizona, allowing one earned run. The loss to Antonio Senzatella, six innings, three earned, and five strikeouts. And Joaquin Soria gets his second save on the year.
1: Well, next up, we have the Baltimore Blue Jays, the Toronto Blue Jays, and the Baltimore Orioles. If I can get through this game without making a flub, it will be an absolute win, just like the, the Toronto Blue Jays had. Um, Vladimir Guer- Guerrero, Randall Gritchick, and Kevin Biggio all drive in runs to make it a 3 nothing ball game in the top of the first. They will not score again until Lourdes, Gurriel, Bobachet, and Vladdy get up to the bat in the top of the fourth, doubling their lead to 6-0. Kevin Biggio, the next inning, hits a sacrifice fly to make it 7-0. And the Orioles then start to be able to get runs in as Austin Hayes hits a sack fly in the fifth. Ryan Matt Castle hits an RBI single in the eighth. The Blue Jays beat the Orioles 10-2, 10-2, give the win to Hyunjin Ryu. Five innings, five hits, one earned, seven strikeouts. Who else could give up such a pathetic result other than Matt Harvey, who's now 3-10 and 10 on the year, three and two-thirds, nine hits, six earned, three strikeouts.
2: All right, the Giants and the Cardinals, uh, they trade runs in the first couple innings. Uh, the Giants take a 2-1 to lead thanks to a Mikey Gaz RBI double in the bottom of the second inning. In the bottom of the fifth, Donovan Solano rips a double of his own to make it 3-1 San Francisco. Top eight, Paul Goldschmidt with an RBI single to pull it within one. But in the bottom of the eighth, Darren Ruff with his eighth homer of the year and the Giants are able to walk away with a five to two victory the wind to Alex Wood seven innings three hits one earned six strikeouts now eight and three on the year the loss goes to Johan Oviedo now zero and five four innings two earned and three Ks Jake McGee with his 17th save of the year for the Giants who uh Yes, they'll have a game-and-a-half lead over the Dodgers.
1: Our last game of the evening for the American League – or I'm sorry, I forgot Brandon had another one – but will be Astros and the Athletics. Matt Olsen goes yard, his 21st home run of the year. Hopefully there will be at least 21 home runs in the home run derby this weekend for him, but that puts Oakland up one nothing. Jose Altuve then hits a three-run bomb in the bottom of the third to extend Houston out to a lead. From there, Elvis Andrews hits a solo piece and then a wild pitch by Christian Javier scores Matt Olson to tie the game up. This, this game will be decided in the bottom of the seventh as Kyle Tucker goes yard for his 14th home run of the season. Houston wins this one at a score of four to three. Give the win to Blake taylor out of the bullpen Luis garcia started this one five innings two hits one earned seven strikeouts the loss goes to sean mania six and two thirds four runs th- three earned six strikeouts the save goes to ryan presley his 16th
2: all right to wrap up tonight's show we will recap the yankee game uh and Yankees and Mariners playing game two of the series. And it gets started off in the first with Luke Voigt, uh, RBI single to make it one nothing. Glaber Torres steps up next, and he rips a two-RBI single. Yankees take a 3-0 lead. Bottom one, they do get into a little trouble, the Yankees do, as Jake, Jake Fraley walks uh, a run Scores on a, after a wild pitch. Uh, is, it was not bases loaded, but uh, yeah, the walk and wild pitch combination score a run there. Uh, Aaron Judge goes deep top to his 20th homer of the year, that gives the Yankees a five run lead. They get a bit of a scare in the sixth as Tom Murphy hits a three run homer, pulls the Mariners within one. But the Yankees bullpen would hold on for the rest of the game and they win 5-4. The win to Luis Sessa, the Yankees had a bullpen game today after Domingo Herman had to miss the start due to an emergency root canal. Uh, but does pitch three innings out of the bullpen, which LJ, I need a bit of explaining here. So, Okay. If he was good to throw three innings out of the bullpen, why was he scratched from the start if he had a procedure done this morning? But he was good to go three innings and throw 47 pitches. So why not just like use him as like a, like a low-key opener, and then you can just do whatever, but just know you're getting like three innings out of him? Why scratch him from the start to then bring him in? Uh, You're right. Like, is there any, am I, am I missing something there?
1: I don't believe so. Again, I'm not a MLB GM, but that seems like the sensible move. I mean, unless the only thing that I can think of is how rested is the rest of that bullpen? Well, we had an off
2: day on Monday. I mean, Yesterday they did, they didn't pitch that much. I mean, it was like a pretty, pretty reasonable workload for the, uh, the bullpen tonight. Well, it also sucked that our starter, Nick Nelson only got, he only pitched two thirds of an inning and then got pulled due to an injury, but he also was not pitching good whatsoever. Uh, but yeah, I would say that they, I mean, LJ, the they don't like they excess over rest days on the Yankees. Like you're you're forgetting that we that in since the time Aaron Boone has been the manager, he's only pitched a guy three days in a row, like six times. Like only six separate occasions has that ever happened. So there's all there's plenty of rest there. I mean Giancarlo Stanton has not played a single inning in the field yet. There's plenty of rest going on. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, But the win went to Luis Sesso, went three and a third in relief, one of his best outings of the year. The loss to Yusei Kikuchi, five innings, eight hits, five earned, five Ks as the Yankees get to the all-star early. Chad Green picks up his third save on the year as a role as Chapman, no longer in the closers role. Uh, it's official, got announced uh, the other day by Aaron Boone, pretty much said, you know, we'll be using uh, quite a few guys there, and we want to get Chapman some low uh, leverage innings. He pitched in game one of the series, uh, pitched okay, still shaky, uh it was a very low low leverage situation but uh so chad green and johnny lasagna uh set up and close it out uh yeah i guess i guess if i was gonna pick a closer i'm fine with chad green for now uh taxes
1: and chad green in a yankees game baby
2: zach Britton should be back very soon uh probably for this Houston series this, this, this weekend, I'd have to imagine from every indication he's going to play games part of the all-star break. That will be a big help to the, the bullpen. You assume that Nick Nelson will be going back down or to the injured list, get Zach Britton back another lefty. So that way we don't have to use Wandy Peralta in any more high, high leverage situations. I'd be fine if we, if we did that. So. Yeah, uh, that's how we're going to wrap up the show today. Thank you for listening. Make sure you're following us on all our social medias. We are uh, on a bunch of places now. We are on Instagram. We're on TikTok. We are on Twitter. All of those are at MLB Daily Pod. LJ, I believe we're still posting daily clips. We posted about Bobby Witt. Uh, If you missed yesterday's episode uh check out those uh, social media accounts we posted a clip from there lj and i had some thoughts on the royals uh f- potential future all-star uh but yeah follow us on those at mlb daily pod and uh yeah play the trivia game on our twitter but thank you for listening and uh we will be back we will see you tomorrow
1: See you mañana.